0: When Nebbe asked Mendel Futafas to become the mashpia uh, of Tom Chetmimim, of the in Far the Rebbe sort of acted like a matchmaker, telling Mendel what kind of a great thing it would be to lead these boys. And the Rebbe said to him, Rubam, Kukulam, most of them, in halacha, when you say most, it's considered like everything. Rubam, the majority is like all of them. You know, even though it's using the word "most," but "most" is a way of—if you said "all," you could all, you'd also be correct because the word "all" could also be applied, used for the word "most." They've said most of them, like all of them, and maybe all of them, are precious beyond precious and have so much energy. <coughs> That's what they ever told them. Mm. So Mendel said that whenever someone did something a little funny, then Mendel would think, "Hmm, he's from Efrukulamnikes." He is from the, the maybe maybe everyone. <laughs> They've said most of them, like all of them, and maybe all of them, are as beyond precious. I mean, so said, Th- those, this is one of the One, of the Mikis, one of the, maybe all of them. Like when his, uh, one of his uh, grandchildren um, uh, decided one day to wake up the entire village of Karachabad by telling them that there is a hookup and that I was about to speak and the sh- I should come to the main shul to hear the hookup. And it really was not a hookup, just he wanted to take everyone, the whole village <laughs> oh, up. <laughs> so, <laughs> know, sure. so he probably he got expelled from the yeshiva, but Mendel said, no, Efsha Kulim, I guess. He's from the maybe, maybe everybody. Anyways, I'm imagining this because when you say the majority and you don't say everything, it leaves room for you to, it um, <coughs> leaves room for interpretation. So, so that's what the Rebbe is going to address in the next, next paragraph. The words of the Torah, you give life to them all. What's the emphasis of the word all? So as we shall see, it doesn't mean the majority, most, it means literally everything. And even the things you would think that it for sure doesn't mean, even those things are also included in in this phrase, you give life to them all. Let's go. When it says in the Torah, you give life to them all, this, this phrase does not only include all the worlds and holy things, or just <coughs> or just mundane things, things which are neither holy or forbidden. Mundane, as we find many times in the Torah, when it says the word "all," it just means the majority. So here, it does not mean the majority gamas in that clip. Rather, when it says you give life to them all, it means everything, even clip, even evil, even the unholy, even the opposite of holiness. Because regarding all of reality, regarding everything, everything in the world, not just the majority of things, but regarding everything, there's a rule. The rule is nothing can make itself. Since that rule applies to Klippa as well, evil itself also cannot make itself. Therefore we have to say, <coughs> this existence of Klippa as well is included in Hashem's words, you give life to them all, Hashem is including also Klippa. Klippa is also included. The thing you think is not included, that space, that time, that thing, you think is not included, services so says, no, that's also included. This is the reason, by the way, why after um, Yom Kippur, you right away begin the mitzvah of, um, of Sukkah we build the Sukkah right after Yom Kippur because um, after you make all these great resolutions on Yom Kippur what derails us from keeping those good resolutions we think that our space or the time that we're in is different, it's not included in this mitzvah, the mitzvah is to wash your hands before you eat, but in this scenario, uh, I think it's one of the most common questions people ask, I heard that you don't have to wash if you have a plastic bag, and it's uh, not true, but where does it come from? It comes from thinking that Hashem doesn't really mean me, doesn't really mean, re- mean now, doesn't really mean here. So the mitzvah of sukkah is an all-encompassing mitzvah, the whole person is in the sukkah, encompasses every moment of sukkahs. So that, that mitzvah is meant to, to respond to the voice in us which thinks that Yom Kippur doesn't apply to this space and this time. So to the Rebbe it says here, you give life to them all, includes even klippa, even things which are evil, not just not holy, but they're actually evil. They're also included because you can't have anything creating itself. It's impossible. Therefore, the is you give light to them all includes And that is why the previous Rebbe quotes in this in his Maimer, the passage of this of the Talmud, you give Hashem sustains and nourishes everything from the uh, horns of rhinoceros until the eggs of lice. Mm-hmm. Carni re'imim, different ways of translating that. Um, one of them is that there's this, there was a creature that doesn't exist anymore that was very large. Different interpretations of what a re'im is. But um, it's a very large creature. So you, you nourish everyone, even the horns of the re'im, until the, um, the eggs of lice. The big horned rhinoceros, until the eggs of lice, the smallest creature, the eggs of lice, are all nourished by Yishev. Mm-hmm. The Hinei, the is going to explain the, the, this um, passage of the Talmud, is not only referring to the biggest and smallest creatures, but it's also referring to the highest and lowest creatures. Mm-hmm. The, these um, phrases over here, the, the horns of the of the Reim and the eggs of lice, will, as we'll see, respectively, refer to the the, the loftiest of creatures and the lowliest of creatures. The horns of the Reim refer to the greatest creature. And the eggs of life lice refer to the smallest creature. This is how it is physically. If this is the way it is physically is also the way it is spiritually because the physical um, emerges from the spiritual. It, this is similar to what the Rememih Pano says about uh, the mountains of Bessamim. It says in the Torah and the Song of Songs, my beloved ran away to the mountains of Psumim. And the uh, Rememih Pano explains that, that these mountains are very big mountains, and they, re- they re- represent lofty, godly revelations. And the Mami Pano asks, why, uh, why are mountains used as lofty godly revelation? And he says, because since they're big for us, even though big for us is nothing compared to uh, big spiritually, nevertheless, um, um, it is, a, an, it's, it's, it, it is a, an example of something, that it, it's used as something that represents something which, which is big spiritually. The big mountains represent lofty ro- lofty revelations. And so to this big creature, the aim it represents a lofty revelation. As it says in the book called Tur Turbarekas Tur was written by one of the students of the Rizal, and he explains every halacha what it means spiritually. He explains the spiritual counterpart of every halach. He says, the horns of the Re'im are connected to the secret of the ten horns. The Talmud talks about the usage in, 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 throughout the Tanakh of the word horn. Um, like we find about Hannah, she used the word horn about Shmuel's birth and being anointed by a horn. The word horn is used in regards to the eternity of um, the kingdom of David HaMelech, the coming of Mashiach. So the the ten usages of the word horn refer to um, lofty revelation. So in Eser Sfiris de Kesser, the ten mentions of horn in Tanakh refer to the ten spheres of kasser kasser literally means the, the crown. And in kasser there are ten levels. Just like in Atzilus there are ten levels. So to in that which is beyond that which is infinite keser the crown which is above them also has ten levels mm-hmm. why does the horn of the aim represent the spheras of keser because a Re'em is a very big creature and, in, and therefore the counterpart for the Reim is the crown the godly revelation called the crown and the horns of the re'im mean the highest level within Kesser itself, Tachlus Haruchnis, the highest level spiritually. That's what the horns of re'im represent. The the highest of the ten spheres of Kesser, the highest level spiritually. and <tachles haruchnis> what are the eggs of lice? b'riya Chitana <tachles> Gambruchnis. Just like physically, they're the tiniest creature. So too they represent the lowest kind of creature spiritually. It is considered small because of the godliness within it, because it is klipa. Why does the eggs of lice connect to the, the the opposite of holiness? The Priyats Chaim writes that the numerical value of kinim is 120. Kinim is what? Kinnim is lice. Oh. What is 120? Every five-letter word, like the name of Elakim, has 120 combinations. So the 120 combinations, 120 ways you could spell the name of Elakim, right, every way to figure it out is take the, the number of letters of a word, and you multiply them by each other, like a three-letter word, has six combinations, three times, two times, one. A five-letter word has 120 combinations, five times, four times, three times, two times, one. So the 120 ways to spell Elokim are about 120 ways that Hashem's light is filtered, Hashem's light is hidden. Sheyem Elokim hides Hashem's light in, in, in 120 different ways. And each way is a greater and greater concealment. Um, it has the lowest um, of those combinations of the last 48 and that's why the people of Kham, people come from Ham, like the Egyptians, they enslaved us, because they come from the lowest level of Elakim, they cause the greatest concealment of gallinness. Like we say in my Revinite, we say Hashem saved us from the children of Ham, from the 48 combinations of Hashem elohim the lower 48 combinations. There is the name, name Elokim concealment, and there is, there is the name Havaya, revelation. So the Torah says that Elohim is a filter for Avaya. It's called a shield for Avaya, which means it's a filter that hides the name of Avaya. And that is the reason for its numerical value of, of lice. Lice represents the name Elohim, because lice equals to 120. Um, any family who experienced lice feel there's a great continual galeness, and ah. in, in their house, it just it just everything's over. Everything's going like wonderful, and all of a sudden, like all hell breaks loose. Oh, we get the comb and the shampoo, and and to clean and wash and uh, yeah, But the reason why lice represents a lakim is not only because it is in the same number of the combinations of a lakim, but also because of the word for lice in Hebrew, which is kinim. How does that word represent the Kini, The word Kinin, which means lice, the root of that word also means a nickname. Why is the word nickname significant here? Why do we want to go to the word nickname? When someone is given a nickname, what happens? Their original name is forgotten, and now they are called by their new nickname, and the original name is lost. Um, like I have a, my, my uncle Mushi His real name is Shmuel Ben Yamin But no one knows that His name is Shmuel Ben Yamin Because when he was wh- however old One of his brothers couldn't say Shmuel Ben Yamin He said Mushi It's it stuck So the original name is lost And the new name is takes 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 the place of the old name So so that's what a nickname is A nickname is a new name that, that uh, mm-hmm. takes away the old name the God Shmuel It says in Gemara, it says in the Mishnah, anyone who tries to seek renown will lose their name. If you seek renown, you lose your name. And as the uh, commentaries say, if you try to extend your um, leadership in places that it shouldn't be, then you end, up, uh, you end up you end up getting buried by that. You're getting buried by that, I think, simply because you try to take on a position that you're not good at, so then um, it's gonna be quickly discovered and uh, and you're going to be um uh, taken out of position because you're trying to do something you can't do. Uh, but also uh things <coughs> think it means that like, Tzema famously told this chassid who told it the Tsemak, I wherever I, I go, people step on me. And uh, he said in the base medrash and shul, everyone's stepping on me. So the machzorik said, you spread yourself out of the whole base medrash, so when everyone anyone steps, it got to step on you because you're spread all over the place. So in the God Shmo Avod is a negative thing. It's a negative thing. It means if you try to make your name great, in the blues in your name, mm-hmm. try to extend your, you're trying to exert your assert your assert your authority over others. Others, you'll you'll, you'll lose something. But now this maimer there explains the the Explains a, um, a a deeper meaning to this. Parenthetically, the, um, the Rebbe quotes Gani from all the rabbim. It's a it's a fascinating thing. Basleghani's are, you could tell right away that they're different. Um, just peripherally, just just by, by the structure of, including all the Rebbe, um for reasons known. I mean, many mamorim include, include teachings from all the rabbim, but they're not explicitly quoted. David quotes Mother of Amen and, and says, this is from the Abarash, this is from the Mizut this is the the Moshem. So this is the teaching of the Mizut Shemag. Mizit Shemag says this, Negad Shema refers to Hashem. Hashem seeks renown. How does Hashem seek renown? It says in the Talmud, Hashem walked for 500 years to get a name. What does that mean? It means this, um, For Hashem's name to be great, right? For us to look at Hashem's name and see His greatness, where does His greatness come from? His greatness comes from His concealment. Hashem's true greatness is beyond us. We can't know Hashem's true greatness. How do we know Hashem's greatness? We know Hashem's greatness from His creation. So how does Hashem's creation emerge? From a concealment of godliness. So in the God Shema, for Hashem's name to be great there had to first be Avad Shemei, he had to first hide his name. So, regarding what we're discussing, Shem El-Kim Avaya, how do we see the greatness of Hashem? Um, it says in the "God, God, Hashem uh, el Hashem is great in the city of el Kainu. What's a city of el Kainu? What does that mean? So, Jesus explains that just like a city is made up of houses, and each house is made up of stones. So to... Um, uh a, a letters are compared to um stones and just like a a a um a house can be created from stones so too a word is created from letters so you have for example the letter abba letter olive base olive spells father so you have three letters you have and you have a word you have an idea so all of the multitudinous amount of god's creations um, are all from, they all have a divine code, they all have a uh, UPC number, is that what it's called? They all have a, they all have a, a divine code, and they're all made up, made up of names, the letters of Hashem's name. Shem El-ekim, um is the reason for for us discovering Hashem's greatness, because of the all the letters that emerge from Hashem Elokim. So Elokino, the city of Elokino, means the city of Elokim, and because of Elokim, because of of Malchus, of Atzilos, because of Hashem's words, that's how we know Hashem's greatness. Godel Hashem, where is Hashem great? Be Elokeinu, in the city of Elokeinu. But all of that greatness of Elokeinu is only because of Nagad Shmo, because of Avad Shme. Why is Nagad Shmo, why is Hashem's name great? Because he first hid his name, Yuki Vavke. The true greatness of Hashem, how he is infinite, we can't know. And We only know Hashem's greatness because of Avad because he, he lost his name. That's what the Talmud means when it says Hashem walked for 500 years. When you walk for 500 years, that means it was a major concealment of godliness. In order to get a name, in order to get the new, the new name, the name of Lakim, the nickname, there is Hashem's real name. What's a real name? A name that denotes His true greatness. Mm-hmm. Then there is a name which is how we understand Hashem's greatness. So in order for us to have a, a name, to be able to appreciate Hashem's greatness, you have to first, Avachme, you have to lose His true greatness. So where we're going is, that the idea of a nickname is, uh, is, the, is synonymous with Shem lakim with concealment. Just like in ourselves, if you have a nickname, the original name is lost, so too the idea of Shem lakim is a concealment of godliness that produces some other kind of experience. The al-Lakim hides Hashem's true greatness, and now there's some other, now we do appreciate Hashem's greatness, but our appreciation is only a nickname, it's only, it's, it's only negligible. Compared to Hashem's g- true greatness. That's why the Gemara says, where you find Hashem's greatness, you find his humility. Where is Hashem's greatness? In his humility, in his ability to hide and conceal himself. So in the God Shema, how is Hashem's name great? By, by Avad Shmei, by hiding himself. Hashem's name is lost. It's hidden, it's lost, and all that remains is just a nickname. Nimsa comes out like this. So the eggs of lies represent evil when the Talmud says that God nourishes the whole world from the horns of the Re'em to the eggs of lice it's not just talking about the biggest creature to the lowest creature it's also talking about the loftiest creature which we said the Re'em represents the um, the uh, spheres of Keser, the highest level of Keser and the lice represents the greatest consummate of Galen is the kinoi, the, the lowest um, Filter the lowest concealment of Shem al um, the kinoi, the nickname for Hashem, the way Hashem is no longer seen as he really is, but the way Hashem is concealed, the, not just in a way that you see Hashem's greatness, but in a way Hashem is concealed more and more until there is all that 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 that, that is apparent is just a nickname of what was really there before, of of what is truly there now, also, but it's hidden. So, the word kinim, which means lice is the same, is synonymous, is the same root as the word nickname, because it, because, because the, the lice, which are the smallest creature, they also have a very little amount of godliness in them, and they represent evil, they represent the opposite of holiness, they represent how Hashem's light is hidden and concealed. The point is, that even in Klippa, even in the lice, and what lice represents, the lowest forms of evil, even the lowest forms of evil, there's also a godly energy. As the Gemara says, there's nothing besides Hashem. What does it mean there's nothing besides Hashem? Even witches are also not considered outside of Hashem. What's the chinash? What's in so novel about witches? The Hebrew word for witches, the Gemara says, kshafim is made up of the word machshifim palmalya shalmaila. In that word kshafim you have representation of the words machishim, in the, there's letters from each of these words, machishim, they deny, the heavenly abode. The witches who deny the heavenly abode, they are also animated by Hashem. Hashem animates even those creatures, even those people that deny Him. So when we say, Va'ata machayas kulam, you give life to them all, so, so the point of all is that every creature, even the lowest creature, even those which oppose Hashem, are also being animated by Hashem, and that's what the previous Rabbi brings this uh, Talmudic passage from the he- horns of the ram to the eggs of lice. He wants to save the highest of creatures, lowest of creatures. You know, sometimes you're in a situation you feel like this situation is just he's not he's not part of it. This is just like such a weird concealment of godliness, Such a such a, such a um, you know it's such a, it's such an intersection of the world that that it's not part of it but the Rebbe says that you, nothing makes itself it can't be that where you are the situation you're in the circumstance you're in is not created by Hashem I in the place you're in there are these witches that say there is no God they too are being animated by Hashem every second what's the translation of the words nothing besides Hashem the meaning of Gemara says means that even the witches are also created by Hashem there's a passage in the Gemara the Gemara says in in Mor Yishalmi, if someone asks you where God is, what should you answer? He's here, there, and everywhere. The Gemara says, tell him Hashem is in the capital of Rome. Mm, Okay. Capital of Rome. Why the capital of Rome? So the the point is that in Rome, Rashi says it was a a place that persecuted the Jewish people. And on the contrary, through the persecution of the Jewish people, the Jewish people came to recognize Hashem more. So it's not only that... Hashem creates everything, even Klippa, but sometimes Klippa actually uh, puts us in touch with reality in the way that, in Hashem's reality, in the way that Kedusha doesn't. So that's the, 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 the we learned today, is, v'atam achai is kum, to them all, that there cannot be any existence, even the lowest existence, even the things, the things which go against godliness, cannot be that they are not being sustained every moment by Hashem for a godly purpose. Any questions or comments? Alright. Even in the war, even the war, Holland <laughs>